Well, good morning to you. I got that part done. If you want to take your Bibles out and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll be reading there. It'll be a few minutes and we'll get to that point. While you're doing that, I want to thank you for being here. I want to especially thank you if you're visiting with us. I hope I'm an encouragement to you today. I'm not the preacher. Sean is. He does a fantastic job. Stick around for lesson number two because you'll be blown away. I want to thank the elders also for the opportunity to speak. They give us a chance every once a month. Everybody gets a chance that wants to to give a sermon. and Not so much a sermon today, but maybe just a lesson. And I have a lot of verses to get through. If you need to, I know this is being recorded and you can look at it um, this afternoon at home. I want, to, I want you to finish this sentence in your mind. I expect to. I hope to, I hope for. We all hope for something from time to time. We may hope for new clothes or a new pair of shoes, maybe a new video game or maybe that tool for the workbench. Some even for a new vehicle, some for a house, some for a job. Some hope their team will win the big game. Whatever it is, we all hope for things. But this hope is more like we wish for something. We wish we had. We wish for this. We wish for that. We wish it would happen. That's the common definition of hope in our language that we use. It's more like a wish. It's the feeling of optimism. It's the desire that something will have good happen for us. But all of these, all of us have hopes and wishes in our life. Some pan out, some don't. What I want to talk to you this morning about is the Christian hope. The hope that things that are greater than the material things we have on this earth, as Lance alluded to this morning. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. That's the hope I'm looking at. Vines defines it as a favorable and confident expectation or trust. It's the happy anticipation of something good. And it has to do with things that are unseen in the future. Simply put, hope is the confident expectation and anticipation that looks to things that are yet seen. And now I forgot to do my slides, so I will push. There's Timothy 4. There's our definition. Here's where we're at. Before we get to 1 Peter 3.15 there, a few verses on hope. Romans 15 and verse 13 says, Now may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. To Titus he wrote, in the hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised ages ago. Again in Titus he wrote, that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs of the hope of eternal life. None of these verses are a wish. All of these are the confidence that Paul has in God. That there's hope in the future. There's a hope and trust that Paul put there. 
So our verse for this morning, 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, and always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Peter writes, we should always be ready to give a hope, to share the gospel with anyone who asks or who's interested, and to give a reasonable explanation of why we have the hope and why we believe and what we believe. And this verse has always intrigued me, and the older I get, the more it does, because there's several answers. Depending on your understanding of the Bible, Don could do a greater job than I could. Mitch could do better than I. But I might do better than Micah. Because we all have a different level of understanding. But we all have hope. And we all can share it. And I know there's only one thing about hope. There is only one. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says there's one body and there's one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling. There's only one. There's not many. And that calling is to Jesus Christ. And that's the hope that we have. The hope through Jesus that we have eternal life. The Bible is a book of hope. The gospel is the glad tiding of hope. And this is what we share. So this morning I want to talk about hope. In Romans, Paul writes, For in hope we've been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. This reminds me of having gifts. We are anticipating those gifts. We haven't seen them. This box is this big, this box is that small. But we anticipate it. But if the gift were just sitting there open, there would be no anticipation. We would know. Hey, I got that new, new saw for the bench. I'm in good shape. Also, because we do not see, the verse there says we persevere, we patiently wait. We look forward to it. And that's so the child of God will not fall away. We have something that is promised to us. We have a possession that is waiting for us. It's supported by faith. It's grounded in the confidence that the Lord is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day, according to what Paul said in Timothy. We anticipate and we wait for our reward. In Hebrews 11:6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. And in Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We haven't seen God, but we know he's real. We don't see air, but we breathe it every day. We don't see atoms, but we're built by it. We're built by the creator of God, who we don't see but we believe in. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
Where's my slide? Whoops, I didn't get that one in there. I'm sorry. Hope is the constant expectation then of the unseen reality, which is heaven. We believe in God. We have hope. We have faith. Like Lance said this morning, it's interesting because hope is a verb and it's also a noun. It's something we can do and it's something we have in our hearts. But it's the confident expectation or getting and attaining something that we desire. Let's consider for a minute the woman who had the issue of blood in Matthew. According to Matthew's Gospels, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. She was unclean. That means she was an outcast among her people. She had gone to every doctor. She tried every treatment. No one was able to help her. Can you imagine her disappointment and her hopeless feelings? She'd spent all the money she had to find a cure and didn't find any. But in the midst of all that, and being down and being disappointed, she endured daily until one day she found hope. which was in Christ Jesus. She'd probably heard of his wonderful healing because he had been going through the land, healing and cleansing people. And so she said to herself, he can heal me. She didn't know what kind of power he had. She didn't know what she needed to do. But she said, if I can get close enough to touch his garment, I will be healed. That's great hope. And it's coupled with faith. So she pushed through the crowds and touched the garment. And what did she find? A Savior. Willing, willing and ready to cleanse her. And he turned and he looked at her and he said, Woman, your faith has healed you. She believed, she had hope, she had conviction, and she acted. Therefore, prepare our minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. Fix our hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what the woman did. She found Jesus. Again, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our hope is the confident expectation that God has promised. We have confidence in his promises and his rewards. Second Peter 1 and verse 4 says, He has granted to us precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. It is the promises of God that brings about hope. So this morning, if you would turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 3, after Peter's introduction. Hope is one of the many blessings God offers to those who obey and who follow Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy 
caused us to be born again to a living hope. There's our word. Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed from the last time. God has called us to be born again to a living hope. And this is the assurance that we have in Jesus Christ and the fact that he was resurrected and that he is our salvation. So let's do some Bible study, as Sean would say, on these verses, these verses here. There's four points I want to bring to you, and then the lesson is yours, and they're kind of outlined right here. God is merciful because Jesus is alive. Heaven is our inheritance because we have protection. The first one is because God is merciful. The source of our hope does not lie in us, and it's a good thing it doesn't. Because in Romans 3 and verse 23, it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In John, 1, John 1, verse, 1 John 1 and verse 8, If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The basis of our hope is on God's mercy. Romans 8, 6 and 8 says, For while we were still helpless and at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And God demonstrated, demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's because God's mercy and his grace that we have hope. It's put this way in the Ephesian letter in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he, ha he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. And God's mercy is available to those who repent and confess Jesus. Peter said after he preached the first gospel sermon, Repent, each one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And in 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's because of God's abundant mercy that we have hope, because we can't make it on our own. But the second point we have to deal with is because Christ is alive. The resurrection of Jesus is crucial to our faith and what we believe. In the Corinthian letter in verses 15, in chapter 15, verses 14 through 19, and I'm going to paraphrase, it says that if Christ is ris not risen, our faith is in vain. If Christ is not risen, we are still held guilty of our sins and no forgiveness has occurred. If Christ is not risen, those who died in Christ are lost. If Christ is not risen, then we have no living hope, and we should be most pitied. For we are testifying against God that he did not raise Christ. But we believe Christ has been raised. We have eyewitness testimony. He appeared to Peter and the apostles. He appeared to 500. He appeared to James, and he appeared to Paul, and there's others. We have a written testimony that Christ appeared. 
He also said, John wrote, that there are many other, there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So much that Jesus did that it is not written about that men testified, and that's our gospel. Beyond that, we have a proof of the world being transformed, because whether you believe it or not, his life, his death, and his resurrection has affected all men. Jesus said himself that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Since Jesus rose from the dead, we have a firm hope that we too will one day be raised from the dead according to his promises. Because God is merciful and abundant in mercy, and based on Jesus' own resurrection and his life, death, and burial, we are born again to a living hope. But what is our hope? Heaven is our inheritance. If our faith is strong, and I've heard Sean and others talk about it before, I don't know if I'm going to make it to heaven. If your faith is strong, what Peter says, your inheritance is good. It's a strong hope. It's a promise of God. If your faith is weak, then your inheritance is poor. In fact, your hope is weak because you don't trust the promises of God. And you could be even dying. You could be without hope. We put our trust and our promises in God for an inheritance which is in heaven. Peter wrote that it is imperishable. It will never perish. It won't decay. It's undefiled. Nothing unclean. And no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it according to Jesus. It doesn't fade away. According to, his, according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth which where righteousness dwells. According to Peter 3, 2 Peter 3 and verse 13. It's interesting, this word fade away in the Greek happened to find a commentator that said the translated word was a flower. It was a mythical flower that was continually blooming and never faded. That's the word that Paul used, or Peter used. As long as we remain faithful, we have the assurance of hope in, of our reward in heaven. But it's also it's reserved for us. In the pretense, it's already there. Jesus said to, to the apostles in John, 14 and 1 through 3, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me also. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place, a place for you. And where when I go, I prepare this place, you will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you will be also. Even the Old Testament men were looking for a home beyond the horizon for their hope of an unseen city of God. 
consider Hebrews 11 and verse 9. It says, By faith, and that is Abraham, lived as an alien in the, in the land of promise, for he was looking for a city which has foundation and whose architect and builder is God. Because God is merciful, because Jesus is alive, heaven is our inheritance, but there's one more thing. It's because we have protection. The Christians are protected and kept for the day of salvation to be revealed. This word protected means to be guarded or to protect by a military guard. We're being protected by two things. First, we're protected by God. When he wrote in Corinthians 10 and verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. God protects us. He also, in Ephesians, tells us he's giving us armor. He supplies us with this armor to stand firm against evil. His truth, his righteousness, his gospel, and his word. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. But it's also our faith. Because, see, the armor sitting there on the shelf isn't doing you any good. You've got to put it on. God gives it to us. We need to put it on. Our hope depends on it. We can only lose our inheritance if we're not faithful. Jesus said, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of righteousness. So as long as we remain faithful, we use our armor, then we have the assurance of hope until we receive our inheritance, which is heaven. And that's where we want to be. So, we've done just a little bit of Bible study on 1 Peter chapter 1, 3-5. through 5. Because God is merciful, because Jesus is alive, heaven is our inheritance, because we have protection. Our assurance of hope may be as great a source of joy today as it was for the original recipients of Peter's epistle. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 6, as he continued on, it says, and this, which is the living hope, in this living hope, you greatly rejoice. We sometimes sing a song, Blessed Assurance, and I'm just going to say a few stanzas from that song. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. So this is one of the possible answers I have for hope that's in me. And like I said, there's many. But it's pretty concise what God gives us when he gives us a passage that lays out what hope is. Take out your songbooks and open to the song that's been selected. 
Have you received God's mercy? Are you walking in his way? Fantastic. That's where you want to be. Have our armor on with your assurance of hope. Heaven is our reward. Many have went before us, and who knows how many will go after us. But there's a place for us. God has prepared it. If you're here this morning, I can't say that you have an assurance of hope if you haven't put on Christ. Because all these blessings that God has is in His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's only through Him that we will get to heaven. If you're here this morning and your hope and your faith is a little weak and you may need the prayers of the congregation, this is the time to come forward. If you don't come forward, get it worked out with you and God. Your soul depends on it. If there's anything that we can do to help you out this morning, if you have any needs of the congregation here, please come forward as we stand and sing.